you know, the main way that someone comes across as not authentic, you know, to, to kind of take that one first, is when I, I kind of had the sense that I've heard this before. You know, it's mm -hmm. like a real-time deja vu moment because there are, you know, a lot of phrases and, you know, words that are trendy. And uh, so uh, often when I talk to people and I get sort of a barrage of buzzwords, right? I find myself, you know, just wondering like, but who is this, who is this per person underneath, right? All the buzzwords. And that's kind of who we're trying to, you know, get a, get a, get a handle, get a, get hold of. And um, so, so I would say that, you know, use simple words, <laughs> uh, talk like you would talk to a friend. Um, that's, that's how to, to come across as authentic and, and share your own ideas. You know, it's incredibly refreshing uh, in an interview when the, the other person has some, some interesting ideas, even if, even if I don't necessarily, like they don't have to be good ideas, but it's just, um, but uh, it, it tells me, it, it shows immediately that here is someone who is not afraid to say what they think because they're telling me an idea. That's, that's clearly is, is new and, and theirs. And it's about Safety Wing, for example. You are listening to the Thriving Empire podcast season four, all about how to be a brilliant remote worker. Whether you're a seasoned remote worker, you found yourself reluctantly working from home, or you simply want to move from a co-located office role to one that is 100% remote, you're going to love this season. We talk to the founders and leaders of remote teams who share with us their insights on the qualities, characteristics, skills, knowledge, and experience that enable you to be a brilliant remote worker. So if you want to know how to be the best at what you do in the remote work reality, you're going to love this season. I'm your host, Stephanie Holland, remote marketing strategist, traveler, coconut macaroon addict, and remote work style obsessed. Let's get started. Well, hello, how's it going today? So I am very happy and very excited to kick off season four, which is a whole season of interviews with interesting people who are building and managing remote teams and who are themselves remote workers within these teams. Now, today, in today's episode, I spoke to the very thoughtful and very lovely Sondra Rash, one of three founders of Safety Wing, which is actually a company that offers a health insurance product for nomads, remote individuals, and remote teams. He's actually from Bergen in Norway. He spends most of his time living in San Francisco, and he has a Polish fiancé and, interestingly, business-wise, splits his time between Estonia and Norway while running Safety Wing and its 100% remote team. Now, just after we finished recording this episode, Sondra said that the interview felt a lot more like out loud reflections, and you can really hear him thinking before he speaks. And even though I edited out some of his pauses, um, as well as a lot of my ums, because, oh my God, um, I say um all the time, you really feel these outlined reflections in the quality of his responses. It's really quite lovely. He talks about their autonomous, responsible culture that enables creativity and productivity to thrive. And he talks about building an infrastructure for an online world and how that affects the way they operate as a team. And I particularly loved his advice for being authentic, which made me realize that the barrage of buzzwords, as he called it, while great for hurdling recruitment software, shouldn't be bandied about an interview. 
talk, he says, like you would with a friend. So this is where it comes down to just be, being yourself, being exactly who you are and, you know, being a human. I really hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, Sandra. So welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hi, Stephanie. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. <laughs> Let's talk about you. So you are, um, you are the founder of Safety Ring, which is a 100% remote company. And you have created a health insurance product that serves specifically remote individuals and teams. And what I think is amazing is that recently you, had, um, you made a very quick response to the COVID-19 crisis where you um, provided coverage for COVID-19 for for your customers. Now, I mean, offering a product that is serving your audience in such a powerful way at the moment, I mean, how does it, how does it feel to be able to do that in such a meaningful, powerful way? Yes. Well, when it happened, uh, you know, March, April, uh, you know, during the most chaotic time of COVID when everyone had to kind of scramble to figure out what to do, then we really did feel notice how, um, much opportunity we had to help people out and people were also reaching out to us so we had you know thousands of customers around the world and many were wondering uh, what should i do um, and we did evacuate actually uh, thousands uh, during this time which is also something that's included in our uh, one of our policies um, and uh, and also had to talk to to many more uh, it was a very stressful, but also, like you said, it was a very meaningful time. And I think we were able to come out of it kind of still standing uh, uh, and uh, and happy with uh, with uh, with what we did. Now, of course, uh, we, we're a bit more stabilized. Very uh, uh, glad that we, uh, uh, we we made it through. And now we find ourselves in this you know incredible situation where everyone were we built a product for a future that we saw coming, you know, five years from now, 10 years from now, which was to switch to remote. And suddenly that has happened almost overnight. So in a way, we also found ourselves in a very fortunate position. And I'm glad we started as early as we did. I know. What, what serendipity and what, what a beautiful way as well to build long-term loyalty. Because I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I read that you actually offered the increased coverage for COVID-19 at a... 15% discount to the normal premium. So for those who were nomads before and upgrading to the remote health insurance that adds this sort of premium coverage, you gave them a discount. Whereas my health insurance, because I was in the same situation as a lot of your customers, I was caught abroad during the crisis and had to renew my coverage. And my um, provider charged me three times the premium. <laughs> right. Yes, uh, we were like sitting up day and night during this time to to figure out how we could uh, help people. And it it is genuinely difficult. So I, I do sympathize with how many other insurers kind of took took some wrong steps during this time because the uncertainty was high. And, you know, what the insurance companies is supposed to do is to help you out when you need it. And also to kind of take that risk off, you know, you as a person and uh and uh in that chaotic time it was hard to know you know wh what is the risk and how, how expensive will it be to help everyone uh, but we were fortunately able to find a way that we were comfortable with doing that did offer an option uh that covered covid and now also uh now we actually covered covid fully 
treatment and coverage in, and also in the nomad policy, both remote health and the nomad policy. And uh, one of the few in the world to do that. Uh, so yeah, very happy about that. And, uh, and, uh, and now it, uh, we definitely did, did the right thing. Let's rewind just a little bit because I know that your passion for remote doesn't begin and end with, with founding Safety Wing and actually that you have a long-term vision, not just for insurance, but also building a country on the internet. So first, let's t tell us where this passion for remote work and remote culture started and what does it mean to be building a country on the internet? Yes. So I grew up, uh, I was in a way you know one of the early generations that you could be described as having grown up on the internet internet something which is ubiquitous now in the sense that when i was a teenager in my room uh and i got a computer i got friends uh through you know games or you know chat networks online and i even started a like a little company initiatives with uh people I had met online, you know, a friend from Romania and one from Netherlands was when I first started uh, a project with, with back then. So already, you know, from when I was born, I was, I was, uh, I was born in this world uh, on the internet, which is a much more borderless world. And, um, and it has many benefits. Like it, it allows, uh, it, it binds us all together as human beings in a, in a, in a, in a much you know, more positive way, I think. And uh, it also opens up so many opportunities to, to make things, for example, together with people from different parts of the world and a lot of creativity and good things can come from that. So, so my passion, I suppose, for, for that starts there. Um, and then, and also having been in that world, uh, you know, was very young, come uh, 15 years later and, um, to me, you know, it's pretty obvious that we are heading into a world where remote work is, is going to be the norm over time. Um, but having also been in that world for a long time, I know that a lot of the infrastructure that people rely on um, uh, for a social safety net and other things uh, doesn't work for remote workers who work, you know, across borders. Uh, so, and these are, it's, and the, of course, the most fundamental is the social safety net uh, providing health insurance or, or care for the elderly and things like that. And uh, so uh, someone had to build that and we decided that, uh, that someone had to be us. Right. And so back to safety wings specifically, what would you, how would you describe your remote culture and philosophy and how does that impact the kind of remote company you want to build? So the, the, the culture that we want to build is we, we have this uh, document internally, which we call the communication document, how to talk to each other. And it has only three tenants and, um, and I think it is relevant for uh, remote work. And uh, the first is that people make mistakes. And then the second is that improvements are always possible. And the second is that all problems are solvable. And I do find that when people work remotely, you have to uh, 
find a culture that works with more a more kind of autonomous responsible culture because you can't be kind of standing next to you know your your colleagues to see what they're doing so you have to rely on them a little bit more you have to uh, depend on them a little bit more and but you also can make much more use of their creativity so i think that if you um uh, the kind of culture that we want to build is one where uh, is one where we're creatively solving problems together and uh and that 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 those three tenants you know the ability to tolerate that people make mistakes uh, always trying to improve things you know that's built into the kind of like open source ethos where you know it's like one point you know version 1.1 1 .1. there's always this implication that you know there's a be better version coming uh, and lastly, this kind of spirit of optimism, where any problem that comes our way, uh, there is this sense that this confidence in our culture that we can take it on and and and, and solve it. And uh, I do think this is not just. I think it's especially true uh, in remote because of the way that the internet allows kind of mass, you know, collaboration uh, online and a lot of you know the problems that we come across can be solved by you know a very clever idea using software so this kind of reach of you know human creativity i think has been you know greatly expanded and uh and uh, but that a remote culture in order to make full use of that uh has to be built uh, in this particular way your three tenets are extremely uh, and well, an extremely evolved approach to business in general that kind of transcends remote. But would you just tell us a little bit about how that then influences how your team operates and connects and communicates and collaborates and, and creates? Uh, well, the first, uh, people make mistakes uh, and that's okay. Mm, what that uh, turns into in, in, in very practical terms is that uh, we we have a culture where we encourage people to make suggestions and try things uh, all the time. Uh, so we have a very active, for example, ideas channel on Slack, or every Thursday we have this kind of brainstorming session where everyone thinks of ideas together, then they go into small groups, and then we list them all into a forum and we each vote on them, and each kind of vote is worth the same. And uh, so those are kind of, uh, and then within each role, we kind of encourage people to um, just kind of go ahead and try their own ideas. Like they don't have to ask anyone for permission. Uh, each person is the sort of the locus of control when it comes to their own thing they're doing. You know, the, the designer is doing the design and the, the, the customer service person is, is responsible for for the customer uh, service responses and and uh, instead of you know someone telling other people what to do what we want is for that person to you know really try their best to try their own ideas but in order to for that to work you have to tolerate when they try something that isn't a good idea because especially when you try something new you never you don't know if it's going to work right uh, so I don't. If I, I find that if you can't tolerate people people's mistakes, then you also constrict their creativity. Um, so that's one particular example um, for how we apply that. And then 
The second one, you know, improvements are always possible. So, you know, this, we've, I find that uh, uh, we try to have this uh, ethos, which is that, you know, each product, each website, you know, if you go into something on safety wing on the, the design of flow or the claims process, we, our approach to all of this is that uh, there's always room for improvement. And we find that that sort of humility uh, and also kind of searching for how to make things better is, um, uh, it, it is a very healthy attitude that causes our not to be stagnant, right? To, to not to be satisfied with, with where we are right now, uh, but always see things as in the progress of, of getting better. Um, and uh, and uh, that is especially, you know, true we're entering this remote work, we're building a uh, new infrastructure for a new world online. You know, the, the world is also changing. So if, if we're not changing, then, you know, we will eventually die. And, and this is kind of how we, we avoid that. Uh, and then, you know, the, so, so and, and how do we apply that? Well, we apply that, for example, by uh, everyone on the team talk to customers. Uh, and um, uh, so every single person and have these user interviews on a, on a weekly basis and that we bring that up and present that uh, in the team. So we're, uh, and the purpose of those conversations and all this is try to kind of figure out to listen to our environment, try to figure out how we can get better and have that as a collaborative conversation uh, with our customers. Um, the other thing is we have many kind of internal institutions like we have this lovely Norwegian concept called Dugnad. Dugnad is this uh, community volunteer work that you do in Norway. Uh, so if you live in a you know, little community, you know, some Saturday, it's gonna be like a note on the door, like on uh, Saturday, there's Dugnad. And you come and you kind of help out, do maintenance work, like cut leaves or you know, something in the, in the community. So we do Dugnet as well, and that's kind of where we do maintenance work on our internal uh, company structure. And we have many other, uh, sort of several other such institutions like Dugnet, where we, uh, where we look at you know who we are and where we are, and we uh, we look at that with the, with the attitude that that there is room for improvement everywhere. Um, and then lastly, uh, all problems are solvable. Uh, that is kind of, it's the needed other side. You know, if you can't just look at improvements, you also have to, you know, have some hope, confidence when approaching them. And, and, um, and this one, I, I think we really got in, like this is really ingrained now in our culture. Uh, and it was especially useful during COVID actually, because it, it was a chaotic time and there was a lot of problems. Uh, but in a way, because we had this attitude, uh, I found that we really were able to rise to the occasion because uh, there was a sense that not only are all problems solvable, but even this one, even the global pandemic. Um, and uh, and that, that gave us, you know, a lot of energy just when we needed it the most to, to take that on.
You mentioned several attitudes and characteristics there, such as being autonomous and responsible and, you know, showing humility. But what would you say, I mean, I imagine your team is, is growing. I think you're about 20 plus a few new hires, Emmeline mentioned. When you're hiring and growing your team, what are the kind of maybe top three things you're looking for in, in people that you're hiring or collaborating with when, when you're growing your team? Yeah. So uh, one of the primary things we look at is that they want the same thing we do. And how do we sense that? Well, if, if they're pro remote work, digital nomadism, things like that, that's a very good sign because if you want the same thing, you know, that's, that's a very good uh, recipe for a good relationship over time. Uh, another thing that we look at uh, is kind of related here to, you know, to, to our values, we, we very much value, we, we look for people who are themselves, who are authentic and, uh, you know, say what they think or they come across as, as very real. Uh, so that is something uh, we look at, we look for. Uh, and then we look for people who are creative. So we have, you know, many things we have yet to invent before our product roadmap of building a you know, global social safety net and eventually a country on the internet is complete. So we need all the ideas we can get. And if you were to give people tips about how to express these kind of things during the application process and, you know, the interview process and onboarding, I know it's kind of a funny question to ask, like, how do you show authenticity? <laughs> but, um, but, but are there kind of any things that you've noticed during the application interview and onboarding process with other with, um, with people you've gone on to hire that maybe you could share with people who are currently looking for a remote job? Yeah, absolutely. The main way that, you know, uh, when doing interviews, you know, the main way that someone comes across as not authentic, you know, to, to kind of take that one first, is when I, I kind of had the sense that I've heard this before. You know, it's mm -hmm. like a real-time deja vu moment because there are, you know, a lot of phrases and, you know, words that are trendy. And uh, so uh, often when I talk to people and I get sort of a barrage of buzzwords, right? I find myself, you know, just wondering like, but who is this, who is this per person underneath, right? All the buzzwords. And that's kind of who we're trying to, you know, get a, get a, get a handle, get a, get a hold of. And um, so, so I would say that, you know, use simple words. <laughs> uh talk like you would talk to a friend um that's that's how to to come across as authentic and and share your own ideas you know it's incredibly refreshing uh, in an interview when the, the other person has some some interesting ideas even if, even if i don't necessarily like they don't have to be good ideas but it's just um but uh it, it tells me it, it shows immediately that here is someone who is not afraid to say what they think because they're telling me an idea that's, that's clearly is, is new and, and theirs. And it's about safety wing, for example. 
it goes back to the idea that there are no bad ideas, right? And you, and you never know what will come from the initial seed of what seems like a terrible idea, but what the rest of the team or other people can then build on. So that's really interesting because a lot of people are worried about the, um, what, you know, what stops them from applying to a, a remote role is that they don't have any remote job experience or they're worried that they don't have the tech skills. So what tips could you give for people who are in that kind of mindset where they're worried that they don't have the right experience or tech skills? Hmm. Well, I mean, we hire different kinds of, for different kinds of roles and uh, it's not just tech that can be done remote. Like Safe Doing is a fully remote company, which means that we also need to, you know, build up our you know, content and, and marketing and, um, and growth. And you know the business side, just as much as the as the technical side. We we are blessed to have a you know remarkable technical and you know design team. So yes, I I, I don't think that is uh, uh, an issue. We do not say that um, we have hired several who haven't hadn't tried to work remotely before. Um, so, but of course it is easier when people have tried to work remotely before and, and love it because then they know that they're going to be, you know, enjoy that. And it does take some getting used to, you know, the first few months, you know, you got to find new habits for your, uh, for your new life. Um, but uh, yes, so I would say technical skills is a benefit nowadays, but that's, that's more in general a benefit because of all the valuable tools that you can get from being good with computers, right? <laughs> it's, you can access all these tools uh, that makes you more effective. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And m most people have said this. And I think that I, there's just such a concern that um, you need so many tech skills, even to do non-tech roles, because there are so many softwares and different communication tools and collaboration tools. And I think what I tell people mostly is that it, you are using tech and digital every day in all areas of your life. And so you are fully capable of learning a new system. Yes. So let's talk about if you can think about just a couple of your employees in particular, what 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 about them makes them brilliant remote workers? If you can just kind of bring to mind a couple of individuals. Well, so there is one. Uh, our designer, Amira, uh, is, you know, absolutely brilliant. And uh, I remember when we first found her, it was uh, we were so impressed with her she had a personal website and she's also like an artist and it was so uh, unique and creative, the stuff she had made. So we were, you know, very, very impressed. And, and that has uh, turned out to be incredible blessing, you know, as you can see on many of our designs, uh, they are very uh, unique, but also great and uh, very fun. Um, so what makes Namira a great remote worker so one she works independently and autonomously and creatively right so that's 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 the foundation and what does that mean it means that when she whenever she's off to do something what comes back is always better than i could have thought of and it's something i like i could sit up all night and not come up with that um, and it's because, of course, because she has approached that, you know, wholeheartedly to make it the best she can. And uh, yeah, thinking, you know, pouring her, her heart into it and uh, doing that into creatively and independently. And um, 
And uh, so, and why is that particularly useful remote? Well, it's, uh, I would say it's because you, you can. So in, a, in an office setting, you can more blend in, right? You can more kind of sit at your desk and pretend to work. You can be a part of, you know, an open office setting where, you know, you just retroactively wake. But because you have all this, you know, in a way, uh, free time, at least unsupervised time, um, the way you become great is by, uh, you know, working according to your own standards. That's what it is. So Namira has her own standards. And whenever she works, what she's trying to do, she's trying to make it great according to her own standards. And uh, that's an extension of self-management, uh, perhaps. But, uh, but uh, yes, that certainly makes her great. And um, yeah, she's also, this, she's also good at kind of everything. Like she's good at you know, written and, 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 and verbal communication. She's very good at conveying uh, what she's trying to convey visually, which is also like uh, you know, some good benefits. It's good to be able to communicate well digitally. Wow, I really hope she listens to this because that is incredible. I mean, that's beautiful. That's such high praise. It's, I think that the opportunity of working remotely and working in a space that you feel really comfortable in, where you can, you know, you can work on your own schedule in alignment with your own natural rhythms. You know, you know, a lot of people like to be creative in in the mornings, do all their writing, their creative work in the mornings, and then, you know, for me, I do my admin and my productive work in the afternoons, and being able to work like that. I think just enables your brain to work in a completely different way. And so when you need the dots to connect, they do much more easily. So mm -hmm. that is really incredible. If there was anything else that you'd like to add about maybe a few last words or, of advice about how to be a brilliant remote worker. I, I do think it is worth spending some time to edit your writing, your internal writings. Um, so in remote, we do read more. I think, you know, using tools like Slack uh, digitally. And I find that in internal communication, some people coming, especially from corporate, can be a bit sloppy. So they, they, they make these documents, which are kind of like a, very challenging to read. Um, and, and then there are others that use, you know, they're well formatted. They use kind of lists. They, they bold the, 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 the most important point. They, they edit it, they read through it several times, they maybe add, you know, some emojis to illustrate. And you get this message, you know, conveying the same thing, you know, whatever that is, like, I don't know, the marketing plan for the next two months, but it's, it's compelling to read, and it's, and it's exciting to read. And, uh, you know, to do that extra work for your coworkers, I find actually makes you much more effective, and it's so appreciated, uh, uh, you know, to have that skill to communicate well, internally in a way that is people actually want to read and is compelling. So, so that is a wholly underrated skill that is very easy to practice. You just kind of get to get in, you know, a few of this writing basics and, and, and also, and always kind of edit your, uh, your, your, your text before you post them. But, uh, but that is uh, a way to become a brilliant remote worker. Quite a few remote leadership teams agree that it really is so important because, like you say, you're 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 communicating a lot, both you know synchronously and asynchronously, and you've got to be very precise and articulate. So, super! Thank you so much for that. 
for that tip. What is the best way for people to find out more about Safety Wing, um, keep up to date with your company and perhaps even um, careers that you're offering? Yes. So we are, uh, you know, hiring now, but we're actually in the near term future going to be hiring, uh, you know, a lot more as we are growing, you know, remarkably quickly. And uh, so uh, we are, we have lately, uh, you know, from now on, actually, we've just added a couple of jobs on the AngelList page, but the AngelList page is now going to be, we're going to use that consistently. So every job is available there. Uh, we do try to repost jobs, but not all of them on our Facebook, but that is kind of the social channel where you're most likely to stumble across uh, one. Uh, we have a very fun Instagram, Nomad Cities. Uh, that's more uh, ins inspirational content. And of course, check out uh, our new uh, uh, platform for learning how to build a remote startup, which is buildingremotely.com. So if you're considering that, uh, I'm... Uh, we're, we're going to publish a lot of material there going forward. Sandra, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you for listening to this episode of Thriving Empire. I appreciate you being here and hanging out with me. Now, if you're not subscribed already, head over to stephanieholland.co, that's C-O, and sign up right on the page so that you never miss an episode. And if you're enjoying the show, I have a favor to ask you. Would you rate and review it on iTunes, please? Just search Thriving Empire on iTunes. Click subscribe, then ratings and reviews, and you'll be asked to give it a start rating and a quick sentence or two on what you think about it and what you think about me. Now, this will really help other people find it too, so that more people can build their career and create the life they really want simultaneously. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful week and see you next time on Thriving Empire.